Are you a sushi guy? I'm not. What, what don't you like about it? Uh, that it's fish. You're tuning in to Coach and Joe, conversations on friendship with God. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Coach and Joe, I'm here with Blake Berg today. Blake, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I had Pokey Bowl today. Pokey Bros. What's that? It's like this sushi bowl restaurant thing that I'm still debating if I liked. Are you a sushi guy? I'm not. What, what don't you like about it? Uh, that it's fish. Okay. What, you, <laughs> and that it's you not You have a prejudice against fish? No, I love fish as creations. I just don't like them as food. Okay. That's fair. What's your favorite food? Mexican. That's food. right. All of it. You're a Californian. What? Because everyone in California <laughs> loves Mexican food. Well, there's a lot of taco stands. There, there. are. That's there's true. There's taco stands everywhere. But a lot and, in California. Um, but I love, like, all of it. Okay. I actually sent... It, aren't street tacos a thing in California? Isn't that, like, a thing that happens? Probably. <laughs> I actually sent my wife this text the other day because uh, we were talking about going to get Mexican food. Um, you text your wife a lot. It's a good sign. Healthy marriage. I do. He's scrolling through his text for those of you who are watching. He can't he can't, can't find see. it. There's hundreds of texts between him How and his wife. How long ago was it? It was just on Sunday. Here we go. Okay. So we're talking about going to get Mexican food, but we didn't have the money to do it, and we thought maybe someone will bless us, uh, which it didn't. And then I said, I love Mexican food. Here, this is what I'm reading. Okay. Tacos. These are all like single word sentences. Tacos, period. Burritos, chips, cheese dip, salsa, rice. Chimichangas, peppers, more cheese dip, tacos again, beans, soda, tortillas, sour cream, guacamole, cheese, meat, cilantro, onion, tomato, quesadillas, taco sauce. Mm. So good. I'm What's ha- your favorite Mexican restaurant in Greenville? Uh, it's not in Greenville. Chipotle probably? It's <laughs> off of Highway 290, exit 63, going towards Spartanburg, and it's El Mocajete. Oh, so you got to be... Hispanic even to say that. No. <laughs> but it's really good. One of the best best Mexican restaurants I've eaten. Hey, too. you know I was a Spanish major in college? I did know that. It's pretty it's pretty great. In high school I've not used it for anything <laughs> in my in uh, in high school my Spanish name was Guillermo. Really? Because we all had Spanish names in class. Like just arbitrary names that the We were all given up. a false identity. To do in class. Because Blake in a, Spanish is not Guillermo. No, it's probably William. just Blake. <laughs> Balake. It's not Balake. It's Balake from that Key and Peel episode. Anyways, you guys, we're so thankful that you're back. We're going to dive back into our core values series. If you remember, mm-hmm. we opened an episode with Paradox because at Bridgeway, all of our core values are seen through the lens of paradoxes because we believe God himself is a paradox. So we want to find ourselves on that tightrope, on that that straight and narrow, the narrow way that's paradoxical. Yeah. And we had our first podcast of the series on Word and Spirit. Yep. And now, today, we're going to go into relationship and responsibility, which is our second core value here at Bridgeway. So, Blake, why relationship and responsibility? Well, so I have three boys. Right? You know my boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar, Miles, and Jack. They are uh, crazy. They're wild. They're tons of fun. They're a challenge. They're difficult. Uh, I can't imagine my life apart from them now. Um, before we had boys, though, I could do tons of things, mm-hmm. right? We were married. We could go eat wherever we wanted, eat whenever we wanted, stay up late, sleep in late, get up early. It didn't matter. 
if we wanted to go to the store, it's easy to go to the store because we just say, hey, should we go to the store? And this, my wife says, yeah, let's go to the store. And then we go to the store. Now it's an ordeal, though, to do anything because we have three three boys. They're eight. Uh, Miles and Jack are twins. We have an eight-year-old and two five-year-olds mm-hmm. um, if you're keeping score at home. <laughs> but I know a lot of things of life without children, right, because so far most of my life has been without children. My children, however, don't know anything of life without me in it. And they don't know anything of life without me as their father. They don't know anything of life without me speaking uh, their identity into them, into who they are, into who they're going to be, into where they should go, into how to act, into how mm-hmm. to steward our family. Mm-hmm. They don't know a life apart from that. And when we look back in Genesis, this is, the rela- this is what we were created into, mm-hmm. is that we were created into a world that the original plan was that we should never know life outside of our Father. That's right. And what happens in Genesis 3 is now all of a sudden we sever that, and so now we do know a life out, outside of him, and we know a life separate from God. And so really the whole story of the Bible is getting us back into relationship with him so that we can again know what it is to be identified. Like that's, why we're, that's why we're identified with Christ. That's where we're grafted, we're brought back into his family. So when we're looking at relationship and responsibility, the first thing that we've got to look at is actually our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that the relationship was originally intended to be one that we do not know a life apart from him. Mm-hmm. And then once we do not know a life apart from him, then we're called back into, into Genesis 1, the first kind of directive he gives us. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. He's the king. He wants to rule the world through us, that we get to do things on his behalf. And so in relationship and responsibility, we're looking at both of those things together as, as first our position, our identity, yeah. our, our place in the family as sons and daughters to not know a life separate from him, but then also to now, now that we have that established, to walk that out yeah. in a life that bears fruit, a life that multiplies, a life that represents mm-hmm. who he is to the world. Because relationship with God should move us. Absolutely. So... Right, so it'd be very odd for you to be in love with Kim. Yes. And that love not manifest itself in action. Yes. Love has to look like something. I'm sure you guys have heard that, and if you haven't, it's a great little saying. And what we believe here at Bridgeway, that the Bible is very clear that love looks like kingdom. Love looks like walking out as a love. Paul calls himself a servant of God, a bond slave. Like, these are words that are, are... I mean, he's locked into having to to react and respond to this message of grace and this gospel and this Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to just really encourage you guys that this is where God wants to start with you, though, is in relationship before responsibility. So legalism is birthed out of the thought that I can work my way back into relationship with God. It it looks at responsibility being before relationship. Because of me doing good enough or, or being a certain way, then I'll be acceptable to God. See, but the good news of the gospel that it's no longer our righteousness. It's no longer whether we do everything right or get everything perfect, mm-hmm. but the blood of Jesus covers us. It, it covers all of us, all of our sin, yeah. to make us back into that place with God. And from that place of already knowing, we work from love. We move from love. We, we, we have actions in our life of obedience and responses to him from the place of love, not yeah. for love. Yeah. It's the difference between, between working from love and for love. Talk a little yeah. bit about that, Blake. Well, see, so Paul, really incredible at mission, right? Incredible at going, incredible at doing. 
when he was Saul, he was equally as good at those things. Amazing, yeah. But he was doing them outside of a place of relationship with mm-hmm. God. He was doing them outside of that covenant, outside of being part of that family. Mm-hmm. And so when, when he was doing those things outside of the family, while he was on paper still really great at those things, it actually looked like death, destruction, torment, right? He was he was terrorizing. Yeah. As soon as he gets into right relationship, now all of a sudden he gets to funnel the way that God created and the way that he wired him and, and into the, the purposes that he's doing. Now those look like establishing churches, uh, building up churches, uh, building up individuals, right? But they, but they all, but all those come from a place of, of first from love. So yes. uh, like Jesus says, the greatest commandment is, is love God, love others, mm-hmm. right? So the law of the kingdom of heaven is love. Yeah. And everything's got to boil down to that. And if you're, and if you're doing anything outside of love, mm-hmm. right? Paul even says in, uh, First Corinthians twelve, and talking about spiritual gifts. I have no like love. It's spiritual gifts are great. Like do the spiritual gifts, love the spiritual gifts. However, there is a better way, and the better way is love. Yeah. And I gotta think that if, when it comes to uh, valuable things like prophecy, tongues, miracles, healings, wisdom, if love is a better way in those areas, yeah. then love is a better way in lesser areas like how I spend my time, my hobbies, mm-hmm. uh, friendships, like love is the way. Yep. And like you're saying, love has to look like something. Yep. So we like to think of love as a noun and that it's just a feeling. Right. But the truth is that love is, is an action. Mm-hmm. It's things that I do. It's the demonstration of how I feel. Love isn't how I feel. Love is the demonstration of how and I feel. It's important to say this too. So in James 2, it says that faith without works is dead. So what James is actually writing about is that there's a demand there's a demand that if you actually are in a place of faith, your faith, it requires works to be real faith. Mm-hmm. You got to hear what I'm saying because the nuance of it is so important. Faith demands, this gospel has to move us. So like it's like we look at Mary and Martha and we often chastise Martha in that story. It's like, ah, oh, look at her. She's being a busybody yeah. when really the best thing. Well, do you know that there's actually a really good place for Martha too? Yeah. That what she was doing wasn't bad. It just wasn't what she should have been doing then. Yeah. But but to, to prepare, I mean, she was preparing a place for Jesus. Like she was getting things ready. She was she was preparing a place. That's a great thing. But first, it's to sit at his feet, yep. as Mary was doing. But but to throw out the opposite side, and I've seen it so often, and it it typically looks like this: Abba just loves me. I like I, there's nothing that I can do. All of that is truth. But that love has to move us. Yeah. It's got it's got to yeah. manifest itself in an outward expression of this faith that we proclaim. Because what James is talking about is, say, is saying, if there is no outward manifestation of the reality of His love within you, yeah. you it's not it's dead. He actually says, faith without works is dead. So it means not living. When when I find myself sitting at His feet, that is where in in that place that's where um, my shame gets covered by Him. Mm-hmm. That's where he speaks my identity over me. That's where he tells me who I am. That's where I find my security. At that point, this is why it's so important that that the relationship with God has to come before you step out into yes. into kingdom activity, is because from that place, all of a sudden, kingdom activity is really just being consistent yep. with who I believe myself to be. That's right. And what happens is, if I believe wrong things about who I am, if I believe either uh, the lies that the accuser is bringing to me about who I am or I believe my own things that I've worked up in my head about who I am or what I should be doing, then my actions are going to start to vary, and my actions are going to actually move away from where the Father act, like, is, is calling me into. Mm-hmm. 
And so when I'm starting, though, at his feet, then I'm acting from a place of, of receiving who I am from him. Mm-hmm. Now my, my actions really, they're just in line with what I'm believing. Mm-hmm. And that's actually really easy at that point. Right? Obedience is, is a really easy thing if I really believe the things that, that I'm being obedient to. Yeah, and, and so I want to just really encourage you guys. So a lot of this stuff is up here. Let's get really practical to help you identify if you're living from love or for love. If when someone asks you how your walk with God is, and the first thing you think about is the last time you made a mistake, I would really encourage you to sit with Holy Spirit and say, am I working for love? Because if the metric of your okayness with God is whether, of what you're not doing, mm-hmm. it, and I'm speaking from, from example, this is one of the biggest struggles of my life, and God's breaking this thing in me. Sean Curtis has been instrumental in my life at leading me through this because God doesn't evaluate your purity before him by what you do. It's by the blood of his son. You're already accepted if you're in Christ Jesus. There's nothing more. It's what Paul talks about, that my righteousness is nothing. I, I, like, I put it all aside. All the things I can do out of my own strength, even the obedience, even the good things, it's, I put it all behind me. It's, it's only Christ and Christ crucified that, that qualifies me for, for the fullness of God. And once you start to understand that, and what it will manifest in is that when someone asks you, well, how's your faith walk going? You're going you're gonna to speak the truths that are just alive in you. It's not going to be flesh, what I've done or what I haven't done. It's going to be, my gosh, I'm saved by grace. Like he's pleased with me. Like I'm in a great spot because Jesus is alive in me and I'm alive in him. And, and what you're going to start to see is that you'll stop focusing on what you can or can or do or mm-hmm. don't do. And before you know it, you'll look back and it's like, oh my gosh, that cycle that I've been in for the most of my life, I haven't even thought about it and I've been in freedom of it for 15 years. But it wasn't because I was so trying to get free. It was what you were saying. It's, it's oh my gosh, I'm at his feet. And you'll, you'll do more on accident this way than you'll ever do on purpose. Let me say that again. If you sit at the feet of Jesus and start a relationship before responsibility and truly start agreeing with the truths of what he says and thinks of you, you'll do more on accident yeah. for his kingdom than you'll ever do on purpose. Because the pressure will be off your flesh to get it right. And the truth is, is that you'll live from him. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, we bless you with the truths of this core value. That relationship and responsibility are the paradoxes that we walk in with God. That our faith has to move us. Love has to look like something. But that from the place of covenant relationship is where we need to start. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Coach and Joe. Catch more episodes on YouTube and podcast. To take a deeper look at friendship with God, check out coachandjoe.com. 